that's at Philippians chapter 4. <clears throat> Philippians chapter 4. Verse 11. Not that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. I know both how to be abased and I know how to abound. Everywhere in, in all things I am instructed both to be full and to be hungry both to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. Let us pray. Our Heavenly Father, we do thank you now already for the hymns, for the psalms, the prayer meeting before church, the prayers and reading of Scripture. Lord, we thank you so much for this portion of Scripture. Lord, we're facing this morning a divine truth that many of our forefathers called a divine mystery, the mystery of contentment. Lord, I pray that you'd help us this morning. Lord, please be our teacher and our guide. May the Holy Spirit guide us and direct us into this truth. For without him, we'll never understand it nor comprehend it. Paul said he learned, not by men or angels, but he learned it of God. Help us, dear Lord, that we might also learn of thee this wonderful and most glorious virtue of contentment. We love you and thank you for all things. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. Let me begin with asking all of you a question. Do you find yourselves this morning at this very moment content? Satisfied, happy with your present circumstances and situations? Or is there within you a desire to see it change? To see it different? How often have you experienced as a Christian contentment? I didn't say being or having enough or an abundance because Paul goes on to say in verse 12, I know how to be abound, I know how to abound. And everywhere I'm instructed both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. He didn't say we didn't suffer those things or experience those things, but he's saying in all of those situations and circumstances, I've learned to be content. A huge statement, isn't it? As a young believer, I was often very confused, even at times greatly troubled by many things I read in God's Word. Even today, after so many years, though I've come by God's grace to know and be assured of many truths in God's Word, yet I find myself often overwhelmed by my yet ignorant and limited understanding of the depths 
of the depths of those same divine truths I have come over the years to know and to learn. That's the wonder about God's Word. You can learn it, but you're ever being instructed on the depths of it. It goes deeper and deeper. Never be content with just a superficial or surface understanding of God's truths. But always desire to go deeper within them. Even the language of the Apostle Paul in our text expresses this to be true of every believer. For he says in verse 11 that he learned, he learned past, I learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. Yet, he continued to be instructed in verse 12. I am instructed, present, everywhere in all things, both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. So though Paul learned to be content, he was still being instructed. And so it is with every true believer. Though we have learned many things of God and His Word, we ever have need to be continually instructed more deeply in those same divine truths. It's amazing when you consider it. Peter says it best when he says, ever growing in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Not that I speak in respect of want. Paul's writing in the church at Philippi. They had sent him a gift which was late. It didn't come when they wanted it to come. And Paul says, I rejoice that you finally sent me a gift. He even called that gift a sweet smell, a sacrifice acceptable, well-pleasing to God in verse 18. So, uh, supporting the ministry is favorable in the sight of God. And Paul said, it's sweet before the eyes of God. It's well-pleasing in the sight of God. He said, but I'm not speaking in respect of wanting. And he uses the occasion to explain to them a mystery of the Christian faith, one which is rare amongst many believers. One which Paul said wasn't revealed to him, but one he must learn. So he used the occasion to say, For I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. The self, or the statement itself, is most amazing when you stop and think about it for a moment. Yet, that which compels the true believer to become more acquainted, I believe, with it, is the circumstances surrounding the Apostle Paul when declaring these words. Namely, Paul is in prison, facing possible martyrdom under the hands of Nero, a fierce and violent opposer of Christianity, did horrific things to Christians, burned a whole city, and blamed the Christians. Those are the circumstances facing Paul, and Paul goes, I've learned in whatever state I am, therewith to be content. That's not fanaticism, because it's not an imagination of his mind, 
or just positive thinking. It's something he said he learned. It's one thing to speak of contentment when all around us is well and favorable. But quite another to know of contentment's comfort and power to quiet and satisfy the heart and the mind in the midst of trouble and affliction. That's the true test of contentment. Well, you know, I've got a job, I've got money in the bank, I've got a roof over my head, I've just had a fine meal, I've got clothes. Ah, oh, yes, I'm content. Paul says, no, I'm imprisoned. I'm facing possible martyrdom under the most fiercest opposer to Christianity. And I'm telling you that I'm content being right where God has me. Yet, and this is what I emphasized this morning. Yet, he says, I had to learn that. I had to learn that. This is my comfort, the psalmist said. In my affliction, that's why I love when the brother said, let's sing Psalm 119. I just smiled. I love the bearing of the witness in the Psalms and hymns. This is my comfort in my affliction. Psalm 119.50. This is my comfort in my affliction. He didn't say out of it. He said, in my affliction, this is my comfort. What is? For thy word hath quickened me. In my affliction, your word has made me alive. It's revived me. It's given me spiritual nourishment. It's given me comfort in my affliction. It's amazing when you think about that. The psalmist speaks of comfort in his afflictions, which came not within himself, but by the quickening power of God's word. This is always what amazed me about Christianity and something that Martin Luther said, which I'll quote here in a few minutes has always astounded me, but it's how God's work, word works powerfully in God's people in a sovereign way which overrules our temperance, our tempers, our fears, our anxieties, our troubles. The sovereign power of God's word when it works effectually in God's people. That is amazing. We will not fear, Luther said in his hymn, we will not fear, for God hath willed his truth to triumph through us. For God has willed his truth to triumph through us. Many times believers, because they have not learned a lesson, and I'm hold on to that thought because I want to emphasize that this morning as we begin to look at this text. But many believers content themselves with the superficial understanding of God's Word. I'm telling you, the Word of God has to go farther than that. And it takes a lot of studying. For God hath willed His truth to triumph through us. That is an amazing truth for every true believer. We look for comforts outside the boundaries of God's Word. God, give me a feeling. God, give me some kind of comfort. Let the Spirit of God just overwhelm my soul with this happy, joyful feeling and uh, too charismatic. Instead of 
getting into the Word of God and studying out the Word of God and laboring over the Word of God to search out Scripture, to find the comfort that only Scripture can give us, we wait for God to give us some kind of revelation. Paul said, no, when it comes to contentment, we have to learn contentment. We have to learn it. And I hope and pray you have some knowledge or experience of the power of God's Word working in your own heart as Christians over your sins, your desires, your lust, uh, your will to serve and love God. I hope and pray that you have experienced sometime in your life the power of God's Word working in you. James called it the engrafted Word of God which is able to save your soul. The engrafted Word of God. It's engrafted to our every being. That doesn't come by revelation. It comes by study. From learning. Let's then learn, like the Apostle Paul, the divine mystery of being content in whatsoever state we find ourselves. Not that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned. Listen to his wording. I have learned. He didn't say or simply say, I heard about it. He didn't read about it in some book. And I fear that's one of the biggest dangers of this present generation, of every generation, but especially this one, when books on every subject concerning God and Scripture are everywhere to be had. People read about it and they think simply because they read it in the book and John Flavel explained it or Thomas Watson explained it so well and it touched me and moved my emotions that now I'm familiar with contentment. That's not what Paul's talking about. Christianity goes far beyond that. I've often said in our Christian life, we can't walk in the shadow of other men. We must walk in the shadow of Christ. It's okay if those shadows of other men lead us to Christ. But there's too many Christians in this day and age who live in the shadows of others. Others' experiences and knowledge and understanding of the Scripture. They echo merely what they say, not what Christ says. Not what the Word of God says. Well, they can quote it, but it's quoted in the light of what they learned from somebody else. Paul said, I didn't hear it from somebody else. I, I didn't just simply read about it. I didn't receive it by revelation. He was taken to the third heaven and nothing there said anything about Paul. Let me tell you why you're way up here. Let me tell you about contentment. No, he didn't even learn about it in third heaven. He didn't learn it at the feet of Gamaliel, nor of man, not even angels. Listen to me real closely because this is the secret to understanding contentment and experience it. He said, I learned it. Not that I speak in respect of once, for I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. Learned. And that's amazing when you think about it. Because the believer's faith is tried by fiery trials. And the trying of that worketh patience. The peace of God, which passes all understanding, which Paul speaks in the same chapter, uh, which passes all our standing, Paul says, obtained by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. 
Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your quest be made known. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, comes by prayer and supplication. Our faith is tried by fire. In John chapter 14, Christ said, uh, Peace I leave with you, and my peace I give unto you. Peace of Christ is given to us. John 16 and 1 Peter 1 says, Our believing in Christ brings us joy unspeakable and full of glory. And Christ said, A joy which no man can take from you. Christ said, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you. Peter says it's uh, uh, it's with joy unspeakable and full of glory. It's given to it's given to us. Romans chapter eight says the Spirit of God helpeth our infirmities because we don't not what we have to pray for as we ought. So the Spirit of God help us when helps us when we pray. Yet when Paul speaks about contentment in whatsoever state he is, he declares he had to learn it. I was taught it by God, by the Word, by the Holy Spirit, by a train of experiences, both good and bad, in different circumstances and situations of life that God providentially put me into. Through all those things, I learned contentment. That's amazing if you think about it, because contentment is satisfaction of mind, bringing your mind and your heart to be satisfied and at peace at your situation, no matter what it is. So it does affect in some ways, our emotions and feelings, yet Paul said, I had to learn it first. Isn't that amazing? I've learned. These words imply two different things, or two things. Probably more, but I just want to speak on two of them. First, these words do not imply that Paul speaking is a novice or a beginner to the faith because he said he learned. It took some time. In other words, a novice or a new beginner in faith is not going to understand this mystery of contentment because he hasn't had time to learn it. Now, by God's grace, he will or she will over time. But by Paul saying, I've learned it, proves he's not speaking as a novice. Of course, Paul's been saved when he wrote the letter to Philippi over 30-some years, so he's speaking from experience. So you see, there are some things older Christians have and experienced which can benefit the younger if they would just listen. Uh, just listen. Paul says, I've learned. So he's not speaking as a novice. He's learned by time, experience, the Word of God and the Holy Spirit. Secondly, the Word implies, when listen closely, it, it implies effort, study, and searching. That's what that word learned means. Effort, study, and searching. For I have learned. To learn is not to be passive, but requires effort, study, and searching. We have a teacher in our midst. He stands up before students, and we'll look at that at the end of the message, but he stands up to his students. He says, okay, I'm here to teach you, but you're going to learn. If they just simply take what falls on their ears and what they can grasp as they hear it and don't go home and study, they're going to fail their final exam. 
The teacher says, no, you, you have to learn. Take the book home, study it, write notes, learn. Give some effort. That's what Paul means by learning. This did not come easy. I was not passive. And I just simply, well, God put me in a situation. No, Paul said, I searched it. I gave great effort to it because God was teaching me that. God was the teacher. I'm the student. Are you following my train of thought? Sometimes when things happen to us and they're not very good, they're kind of uncomfortable and bad, we don't think about this lesson of learning. Maybe God's learning you and I this divine mystery of contentment. Maybe you ought to stop for a minute and like Paul, search and study and exhort yourself to find out how can I be content in that which God's given me? Maybe God's trying to teach me contentment. But no, we're in such a rush to get out of it. To get out from under it. Take it away from me, God. No. I'm getting to that verse here in a minute, but it's good for me that I've been afflicted. Psalm 119. It's good for me that I've been afflicted. What can what good can come out of affliction? Yeah. For I've learned thy statutes. Yeah. Listen to me. Never underestimate that God is always teaching you and I. Every circumstance of life, good and bad, God is teaching us. We never take the time out to stop and listen. So we're not learning. I don't understand why this trial has come about. I don't understand why I'm suffering this pain. I don't understand why this happened to me in life. Stop and listen. Learn. Give effort. Study scripture. Pray. Search your heart. Study diligently. If preachers have to study diligently to prove, show themselves approved unto God, a workman that needed not to be ashamed, do you not think that also the congregation must study the Word of God to show themselves approved unto God? So you stop and you think. Christians are not instructed from the pulpit today to stop and think. They come to church and they say, okay, preacher, give me something. And what I'm going to do is just like they do with... Some people do with the offering. They say, well, you just throw it up and what lands in the plate's mine. Well, it doesn't land on plate's God. Christians do that with the preaching. They say, well, whatever strikes my heart, whatever hits me, whatever affects me, that's what I'm going to take home with me. They don't give diligence to listen, to learn. Instead of leaving the house of God and going home and sitting around the table going, okay, what was preached this morning? What did you learn? Tell me what you got out of the sermon this morning. They quickly go on to other things in life. And we wonder why we abound so little in spiritual contentment. Parents ought to sit their children down at the table every Sunday afternoon after church and say, okay, let's go over the sermon. What'd you learn? What'd he preach on? You see, we need to be careful that we lose not those things, Hebrew says, that we've received. Our hearts have holes in them. And the impressions of God's word, because our hearts are so vile and corrupt and wicked, can quickly flee and depart our hearts. You got to keep them in there. Got to keep them in there. Paul said, I learned. Let me ask some of you who went to college, and we have a few of them that's here in college. How many nights did you stay up? Long nights with them books. Oh, man. 
What did you what did you study for? So I could pass the exam. That's what Paul means when he says, I've learned. The teacher in this class is God, the Holy Spirit, the Word of God, and the classroom is afflictions and trials, both good and bad, blessings and curses. Every circumstance in life, every situation in life. I'm telling you, this lesson of contentment, God's trying to teach us that every day almost, all the time. Good times and bad times. Times of abundance and times of want. A multitude of different circumstances and situations, all of which Paul says we must learn, we must study, we must search with great effort. That's why Paul said in verse 12, I know both how to be abased, I know how to abound everywhere, and all things I'm instructed. And I love that about Paul. He says, I've learned this about contentment, but I'm continuing to be instructed all the time. I know how to be full. I know how to be hungry. I know how to abound and I know how to suffer need in all of those things. I'm ever more instructed to be content. And I'm getting ahead of myself, but you know what comes out of this classroom if you pass the exam? If I can use that analogy, verse 13. I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. We usually isolate that verse and use that for anything and all things. Keep it in the context. What's Paul talking about? Paul's saying this is what contentment teaches you. You can do all things through Christ. It strengthens you. You see, he gives the glory to Christ. Yes, I learned it. God taught me. The Holy Spirit taught me. The Word taught me. A train of experiences taught me. But this is what the exam led to. This is what the exam led to. That I learned that I can do all things through Christ. It strengthened me. It is good for me that I have been afflicted, that I might learn my statutes. On that text, Psalm 119, 71, and Luther wrote this quote. He said, and I quote, I never knew the meaning of God's word until I came into afflictions. End of quote. I never knew the meaning of God's word until I came into afflictions. Is that where our mind and heart races to in the midst of afflictions? Does it run to the word of God? It should. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Not that I speak in respect of want. A child of God never wants. Because the Lord is his shepherd. We think such truths come by revelation or some kind of mystical way it just floats in our hearts and our minds. No, 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 no. It comes by studying, it comes by praying, searching. I believe most of us will agree the Christian life is not an easy life. It's not an easy life, but it's a good life. It's a fight of faith, but Paul said it's a good fight of faith. A good fight. Because we're fighting against our own corruption, the world, Satan, sin, all these things. It's a good fight. So no, we're, we're not weary in the battle. We just need to learn how to fight. 
You know the armor of God in Ephesians 6? What's good about that? It begins with this. Be strong in the Lord and the power of His might. Before you ever put on the armor, be strong in the Lord and the power of His might. You have to start there. Then you put on the whole armor. Put each piece on by prayer. The armor of a soldier is only as good as he who wears it. You follow me? And if we're not strong in the Lord and the power of His might, you can have all the armor you want to and you're going to be defeated. What makes a soldier is not his army, it's his heart. The circumstances and situations, the divine classroom, if I may say, where we are to learn this divine mystery of contentment is not by chance. The classroom, the circumstances, and the situations that God appoints unto each and every one of us, like our cross is our own. Remember a few weeks ago, let him take up his cross. It's your own designated cross. It's the same thing with learning contentment. God knows each and every one of us perfectly. He knows exactly what Sister Sue, what Brother Dave, Brother Stuart, Sister Shannon, Brother Greg, he knows what exactly you and I need that we might learn this divine mystery of contentment. And so as a teacher, I, I, I think Greg's a good teacher. A good teacher chooses the right material for his classroom. He labors to find the right material. God does the same thing with us. He knows what each of us needs to learn this mystery of contentment. We're not all brought to the same classroom. We're not. Because we're all different. And that's what's blessing about God. We're all different. One might be able to take more than the other. But it all comes down to the same thing. It'll all come back to us being able to do all things through Christ. When I went to school and high school in my junior year, <clears throat> they put me, because my math wasn't so good, they put me in the lowest math class. Man, I was getting A's. Left and right. Foolish young man. Every test. I was acing it out, buddy. Well, after about a month, they caught on to that. And they said, you know what? You need to move up higher. And I thought, oh, why didn't I why didn't throw a grade here or there? No, you're not being challenged enough. You need to go higher. So they put me in a higher class. And then I started getting lower grades. There's different levels for each of us. God knows what you and I need to learn this art of contentment. And it won't be the same as what maybe God teaches me or God teaches you, but He's still the same teacher. The teacher don't change. The curriculum don't change. It's the Word of God. The teacher don't change. Thou changest not thy compassions. They fail not. As the potter and the clay. I love that one. The potter is our Father. I'll mold you and make you what I want you to be. Each vessel. And that's why we learn it. Each one is divinely appointed by God's infinite wisdom, His knowledge, faithfulness, and love. Do you know that? You know, sometimes we kind of 
not purposely, but subconsciously forget the attributes of God and how they, how we should apply them to our individual lives and relationship with Christ. Do you know that God is infinitely wise? Knowledge, loving, compassionate. So in his infinite wisdom, he goes, you know what? Brother Greg, this is exactly what you need to teach you contentment. Now this wouldn't fit Brother Dave, but it fits you. And so I'm going to put you in this classroom and I'm going to teach you contentment because this is the measure you need. This is exactly what you need. Why are we all so different? Why do we all face different challenges in life? Why do we all have different lots to bear? Our infinitely wise and sovereign God knows us and places us in certain situations and circumstances to teach us things about Him and ourselves. And one of them is contentment. He tempers and fashions each circumstance and each situation that He might teach and not destroy us. And then the fire shall not consume thee. I only design thy dross to consume and thy gold to refine. The gold of contentment. Psalmist said in 119.75, I know. I know, O Lord, that thy judgments are right. I know that. See, attributes of God. Your judgments are right. And that thou in faithfulness, in faithfulness has afflicted me. Faithfulness. Yeah, faithfulness to us. His faithfulness to us. Great is thy faithfulness. He's faithful. He says, I will perfect that which concerning you. I will perfect that. Oh, Oh, I love that verse. I love that one. And the other one says, God performeth all things for me. Why? Oh, I'm perfecting you into the image of my son. I'm molding you more into his image. I'm giving you a heart and a mind to love my son above all things. I'm helping remove the dross that, that separates you from my son and loving him. Thou unfaithfulness has afflicted me. When through the deep waters, I call thee to go. The rivers of woe shall not be overflow. For I will be with thee. Thy troubles to bless. Do you know every trouble a Christian has is blessed? When the, when the Bible says there's no weapon formed against thee that shall prosper, it's not speaking about physical weapons. Anything that seeks to destroy you and I, anything that seeks to separate us from the love of God cannot prosper, cannot prosper. Your troubles, my troubles are blessed. All of them are blessed. Well, my trouble feels like it's pretty painful. It's blessed. And sanctify to thee thy deepest distress. The flame shall not hurt thee. I only design thy dross to consume and thy gold to refine. He sits as a refiner. The Old Testament prophet says, as a refiner next to the fire. Sits as, you know what a refiner does? A refiner watches the metal. Can't get too hot. They'll destroy it. Can't get too low. He's watching it. 
and God sticks us in that refining. I've chosen you in the fire of affliction, in the furnace of affliction. And so God sits there as a refiner. He says, okay, just about the right heat. And you're going, God, it's burning up in here. And God said, no, just a little more. But Lord, you don't know, just a little. Okay, that's it. And brings us up just in time. Now your gold is perfect. If we had the liberty to walk out of that furnace on our own, we'd never learn anything. God is so good. You think Greg's a good teacher? God's a great teacher. Never lost a student. And you know what? Listen to me. I'm getting ahead of myself. But every one of his students has graduated because of Christ. You will graduate. Mm. Because he will perfect that which concerneth you. He performeth all things for you. He'll never leave thee nor forsake thee. The teacher sets and determines which course each student must learn. Not the student. And with each troubled course, there are blessings to be learned. So God takes us through a fire tire, pulls us out and says, okay, what have you learned? I'm just glad I got through that. No, God says, no, what have you learned? And the deepest distress, God says, I sanctify to thee. I've learned. I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. I've studied, I searched, I gave great effort to know It's not passive. Like I said before, if a student never exerted themselves to study, but merely depended on whatsoever he heard in class, whatever he was able to remember, I don't need to take notes. I don't need to study a book. Whatever, whatever touches me, whatever falls in my lap, whatever I'm, I'm able to conceive, I'm just going to go with that. He'll fail his exam. Christians do that in church. Okay, preacher, I dare you, bless me. Throw something in my lap. Instead of listen diligently and studying and praying and searching, you're going to fail your final exam. You're not going to know contentment. And let me tell you something this is a rare jewel amongst Christians to be content in whatsoever state. It's a rare jewel. It's hard to be content. And yet, few virtues give God more glory than that. Do you know that? Because if we're not content, and we'll see that more next week, the world knows nothing about contentment. They really don't. Do you know Adam and Eve didn't even know it? In, in a world of perfection, they didn't even know it. Do you know that? Did you know that? Because they desired something they shouldn't have had. So even in a world of perfection, perfect man still wasn't content. You'll be like God's. So they took the fruit. The angels in heaven wasn't content. That's why they fail. So you see how great this virtue is and how come how it's, it's God who must teach us because we could never learn it. Not even a world of perfection like Adam and Eve. We're taught it by God's greatest virtue, one of the greatest virtues. The soul of the diligent shall be made fat. 
Proverbs 12 and Proverbs 13, the substance of a diligent man is precious. The substance of a diligent man is precious. Paul says, I learned. I learned. Are we learning? Are we eager to learn? Do we want to learn? I'm sure Brother Greg can tell us. He can tell in his classroom which students are eager to learn and which ones are just not really interested at all. Those are the ones that have trouble. He's got to spend more time on. And God will spend more time on you. So if you're one of those students, believe me, God will spend more time with you. God's not going to give up on you if you don't want to learn. He's not going to give up on you. You listen to me? Just like Greg, don't give up on that student that just want, doesn't want to learn. As a good teacher, he doesn't give up. He keeps, he keeps trying. He, and if it doesn't work how he's doing the other ones, he'll switch it around because he wants to teach that student. His desire is to get that two student to understand what he's trying to teach. God can get through. Greg, maybe not all the time, but God can. Greg's probably never been used so much in a sermon before. <laughs> In closing, and I want you to read through these verses next week. Think about it. Study it. Pray over it. And next week we'll come back and look further into this text because there's more we need to see. I just wanted to emphasize this morning that Paul had to learn. Doesn't drop out of the sky. But why is it a mystery? This contentment. Contentment means to be satisfied in your present situation. To be happy in it, as a matter of fact. You know what makes this a mystery? And one which God, why God only can teach it? Well, what the Lord say about the world? It's going to hate you. Deny yourself. Pick up your cross. Fiery afflictions. Manifold temptations. You're going to be tried and tested. You're strangers and pilgrims in a world that doesn't want you. All those circumstances and all those things. Paul says, I'm content. That's a mystery. How can you be content in a world that hates you? Where your faith is being tried constantly. I like James. Uh, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptation. You know what count means? Discernment. Think. Judge it. Count it all joy. The Christian is not a marionette on a string that doesn't have any thing to do with his Christianity. God gives us the ability. Work out therefore your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God, which would, but you work it out. And believe me, I, I agree 100% with an older preacher, Martin Lloyd-Jones, when Ephesians, he was talking about God, don't, God works to the heart, to the mind. He gets to the heart, to the mind. He wants us to understand so our hearts can be truly affected. So learn so that when you're in a very difficult situation, like Paul, you can say, well, you know what? My heart is content. I'm right where God wants me. Amen? And again, the lesson to be learned from this, the final exam, I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. What a blessing. Amen? So study that text. Next week we'll look at it a little bit further, Lord willing. And uh, we'll look farther into that because there's a few more things I'd like to touch on before that I wanted to emphasize this morning. Learn it. Stop, listen, learn. Okay, learn, listen. Get into God's Word. Find that contentment.
Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for your word. Lord, we thank you for the Apostle Paul. Thank you for, Lord, how you used him in his life circumstances to show us things. Lord, we thank you, Lord, that, Lord, we learn these things because of your love, mercy, and grace. And Lord, you never, never, ever will do anything to harm us. But Lord, that which is devastating and terrifying to the flesh is beautifying, beautiful, and exhorting and sanctifying to the spirit. The outward man perishes daily. Let him perish. Yet the inward is renewed day by day. Help us to find and learn this mystery of contentment in every circumstance of life. Hard lesson. But Father, you're a good teacher. And I pray that you'd bless us with that. Thank you now, Father, for all these things. We ask them in Christ's name. Amen.